It's been a while, but the Hornets finally get a win. We'll discuss that. Plus, we play chance or not a chance with our friend Nada Edwards. All today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It always makes me happy to see Nada Edwards subconsciously bob his head to the Locked On intro because it's been fire for a long time now. And that is our buddy Nada Edwards. Find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. He left us for the Ion College Basketball podcast where he's doing some great stuff. (laughs) Pretty good good upgrade. (laughs) Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. Talking about the other form of hoops in this country. Uh, He went to the dark side, the college basketball side. But now he's back to talk about some Charlotte Hornets. It's not a how are you doing, man? Man, look, I'm happy we get to discuss a win. I didn't think we were going to discuss a win. I thought they were probably going to disappoint me yet again. But well, here it we been, are. We're discussing yeah, a win. It would have been really disappointing considering Paolo Boncaro was out. But we are discussing a win. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail. That's Doug Branson. Not only is he on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH, but you can check out his work at everyhornetsboxscore.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NBA. So thanks for making us your first listen, by the way. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcast. It is a win. Thank goodness, man. Eight-game losing streak. <laughs> That's rough no matter how you slice it. There were a couple of games they lost in overtime. There were a few that were some blowouts. Losses that came from a bunch of different varieties. You had injuries. LaMelo Ball comes back. Dennis Smith Jr. then exits. We had Terry Rozier finally come back. But then Gordon Hayward, when he came back, Gordon Hayward was injured and left that second half against Chicago. We don't have Cody Martin. He's out for four to six weeks because of the arthroscopic knee surgery. So, Lots to certainly be down on with the Hornets, but they got the win yesterday. They beat the Magic 112 to 105. Main takeaway from you, Nada, after their win to move to 4 and 11 on the season. Quite honestly, it's just the effect, the LaMelo ball effect. LaMelo getting those easy buckets for everybody else plus himself. That's the superstar effect. Games like that are when your superstar gets you an extra six or eight points on simple stuff that you don't necessarily get. That's a game they win. That's a game they lose a week ago. This is a game they win solely because LaMelo Ball was there and Paolo Bencaro wasn't. But at the same time, the marginal plays that he makes on the margins to get you those extra buckets were the big thing that I I, I took away from last night. Yeah, Yeah, honestly. Go ahead. yeah, I mean, honestly, they you know they they should have won this game. I think by twenty, uh, if they had just shot you know the three point shot at, at some you know reasonable clip, uh, they should have won this game by twenty. But instead, they allow Orlando back in the game. But it was Lamelo Ball's shot making in the fourth quarter, hitting those two threes that that sort of kept them afloat. He also had a back screen at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You don't see LaMelo back screening very much, but got McDaniels a wide-open look underneath the basket. Yeah, I mean, some of these passes, you know, nine assists on the game, some of these passes that he's making, we just simply haven't seen those kind of passes from any of the guards this season. Uh, LaMelo, the over-the-top pass, just getting getting Mason Plumley open looks, getting Nick Richards open looks. Uh, you know, this it, once, once LaMelo shakes off the rust and gets his shot back from three, you know, this offense, I think, has the potential to be dangerous once again. It'll be exciting to see. 
Yeah, at LaMelo, for me, it, it's fun because he already has such a big impact coming back from injury, and I think it's still clearly bothering him, his ankle. I don't know if you guys get that, but for well, me... Well, he was messing... You know, if you watch, you know, to watch the broadcast, they, it, they yeah. mentioned that, yeah, he was messing with it on the sideline. So I didn't even hear Eric Collins. I had it on mute, but and that was because <laughs> we had to watch something else, <laughs> right? The, wow. so, sorry to Eric Mistake. Collins. Yeah, no, it was. Sorry, Eric. It was just because <laughs> my girlfriend, she needed to listen to something this entire time that I was watching on my iPad. So I apologize to the great one, Eric Collins. But yeah, I think defensively <laughs> and go ahead. You wanted to say something I have else? Questions. <laughs> yeah, me oh, too. Me questions. It's like, hey, everyone, please use the promo codes that we're about to talk about so we can buy Walker some headphones. <laughs> I, mean, I was about God. to say, yeah, <laughs> you got to have wireless headphones, man. I, you make true. good money now. I just was, man, you know how it is sometimes when it's a little too far out of reach and you just don't want to get up off of the couch. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to watch the game. That's fine. Can we talk about the Hornets? I mean, we don't have much time here. Is that okay? Is that fine? Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, LaMelo, man, it bet, steering it back, LaMelo for me, I think you can catch it defensively and offensively. I mean, thir- I mean, what was it? 15 three-point attempts in this game. You know, just letting it fly. I think that's because there still is some hesitance for LaMelo to drive while it's a little ginger on that ankle, pro- uh, possibly. He's still mm-hmm. playing hard. Like, he still, once he passes oh, yeah. it, and then he hard cuts, right? Like, I, there, there are still some instances where he has that LaMelo ball S type of hustle nonstop offensively, which is probably my favorite part of LaMelo's game. It's almost like the childlike love of the game where he's just like, boom, 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 pass it, boom, cut immediately. Like We saw it on one of those three-point attempts. But I think defensively, too, I, even for LaMelo, I mean, again, even for LaMelo, <laughs> he's getting handsy still. Like, he's not moving his feet. I think when people are driving, he's not s- sliding his feet well enough. And I think you saw yeah. it on the bowl, bowl, yeah. Euro step. Like, he jumped for it, you know? So when he's gathering here, LaMelo's obviously quick enough to slide his feet to get in front of Bull Bull, despite the Euro step that everybody fell in love with. But instead, LaMelo stands there. Yes, it's transition. He's a bull. I know it, I know it's tough. But then he jumps for it instead of sliding his feet where he could just stay in front of Bull Bull at that time. I, I still think there is some of that. He gambled again on a pass, and then you know that led to an open shot. Um, I, I think I, I'm interested when this thing is 100% the impact that LaMelo has there because it's no coincidence that the Hornets finally get to like 112 a couple times when LaMelo's here, right? He clearly makes everybody better. There there are a few things I want to see when his ankle is fully 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah totally. Point- I, I, I think he, you know, it's, it's getting back into transition mm-hmm. off that three in the fourth quarter that he had. Um, it's, you know, celebrating a three while, while Wagner runs down the floor and gets a dunk. There's the carries, which one of them was probably BS, but another one was pretty clearly a carry. Um, but also Mark Davis, quit calling carries. Like, I mean, what are you, Johnny Naismith? Like, get out of here. Like, oh, you know, we, we don't need to, you know, let's, let's let people dribble the basketball. That's part of the emphasis they have on it this year. And Lamelo yeah. has to get used to that. It's the second yeah. game with the new emphasis. But but here's what I'm interested in, Nada. Uh, you know, Clifford after the game. Uh, props to Ashley for asking about, in as soft as way as possible, asking about Lamelo and some of the issues he had in this game. And Clifford dodges it, very careful about what he messages in public about Lamelo Ball. Uh, pretty wise on Clifford's part, I think, to put it on hold. But but how long can he put that on hold? He's gonna have to put that on hold for at least ten games. Like the thing that I just keep c- coming back to with Cliff is. And him talking to Woj, I want to say back in August, was you don't want to be wrong. 
because being wrong is all is basically if they're wrong, that's credibility for that coaching staff. So I'm much more of I'm I'm about wait and see and everything else like that. But at the same point, like I'm not sure we're going to be able to credibly evaluate Lamelo and how he's doing until he's a hundred percent, and that may not be for another what three four weeks. Like this, this is going to take some time, especially when he starts telling people, yeah, I would be out longer if it wasn't for DSJ being out and basically saying, hey, we're, I'm still not 100 percent yet. So he's putting all this out there to let you guys know, yo, I'm still in beta for this season. I'm not at the full gold release yet. So there's a couple things before we finish up the first segment. One. The question that Ashley asked to Steve Clifford about letting him be himself, it's interesting because I don't know if I viewed it as Steve Clifford as dodging it. I almost viewed Steve Clifford as just saying, well, I I want him to be himself. If you look back, at least my body language that I read from him, it was like, yeah, I really want him to be himself. I don't want to constrain him. I don't want to do anything like that. I would like for him to be LaMelo Ball because he's such a gifted player. And it was interesting. That That's kind of what I got from Steve Clifford when he answered that question. The other thing is, if, you know, it's funny, here we are talking about LaMelo not being 100% and it, the ankle still bothering him. Since this guy is your franchise player, I think a possible popular take, <laughs> even though it might not be that way because of all the injuries with this team, but the popular take might be to protect your franchise player at all costs, which would mean don't play him right now if he is not really ready to go. But man, lots of pressure, lots of pressure on the Hornets to put him out there. Now, I don't, yes, because of their poor messaging, I think at the beginning when they didn't yeah. say that he might be out four to six weeks, something like that. You know, but now they're getting him out there. And my question is, if he's not ready, then I, I don't want him to play. But that does run counter to a lot of other Hornets fans takes of wanting LaMelo to play because we got frustrated with the word close. That became taboo around Hornets fandom. Don't tell me that he's close anymore. So the messaging, the actual injury, where does the problem mostly reside at the end of the day? the most important thing is to protect LaMelo. And if he's out there mm -hmm. on a bum ankle, I don't want that. Now, if he needs to go through this process, cool, right? Like, I don't know if, if this is truly a situation where he's not ready to go, but I do know <laughs> that the Hornets had a lot of pressure, even based off of the messaging to put him out there because we got so frustrated with the timing of it. Yeah. But that was Ray Stance basically choosing the stay puff marshmallow man in ghostbusters. They did this to themselves. Had okay. they just said this four to six weeks, he again, he's back when he's back. And mind you, had they done that with Cody Martin, because remember, they were saying, oh, Cody's close too." Steve, like a lot of the messaging has been bad from the Hornets. I want to say since the beginning of the season. And a lot of it is basically self-inflicted injury. A lot of this could have been prevented had they been like, yo, look, they'll be back when they'll be back four to six weeks standard on it. And instead of trying to tease this along, because unfortunately that frust fan frustration at the, at some point I was just basically, especially last week, I was like, yo, when he's back, just start telling people when he's back, he's back. Don't say he's close. Cause all you're doing is making it worse at this point.
No, and you're right about that. But what I'll say, yes, the messaging is poor. I don't know if that means play LaMelo even if he's not ready. But you're right. They did do this to, to themselves as far as the messaging goes because I, I do think it was poor based off of the initial prognosis and not letting us know and then following up that with they're close and LaMelo specifically that he's close. Okay, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. It's the debut of chance or not a chance. <laughs> and we throw a whole bunch of situations at Nada where he describes if he thinks they could happen or if there's no way in hell that they could happen. But this episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. Nada knows about Sweat Block. He remembers making some reads for our buddies at Sweat Block. They're a fantastic product. And I'll tell you, I have sweat block. It works great. And then when I went to a couple of weddings this weekend, you know, the whole white shirt thing, especially when you got to put on the jacket, it was semi-formal. So I put that on. It's getting a little hot. And then when you're wearing the white shirt, the button up, not exactly the thickest of material. I needed some sweat block to make sure that I was not going to embarrass myself at the wedding. And it worked because sweat block is guaranteed to work. Yes, sweat block wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work for you or you don't have to pay. They call it the sweat block dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block risk free today save 20 percent with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com also available on amazon also this episode is brought to you by rocket money are you wasting money on subscriptions 80 percent of people have subscriptions they forgot about maybe for you it's an unused amazon prime account or a hulu account that never gets streamed there's this great app you can use that helps you track all of your expenses and because of it you don't have to waste money on subscription you don't even use anymore you might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's the app that shows you all your subscriptions in one place, and they cancel what you don't want for you anymore. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you do, you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription in that process. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Chance or not a chance coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. So I'm not going to please the tease here. We're going to do Not a Chance (laughs) in in the uh, third segment because that's what I want to do to finish up. I want to tie a nice little bow on this show with the new debut game because also I think this could tie in 
to the game we're going to play later on. And it's the P.J. Washington conversation because P.J. got off to a fantastic start. I mean, we were all kind of wondering, hey, maybe they should have just gone ahead and, and took care of this extension for P.J., given that he's scoring 31 against Golden State, given that he was scoring 28 points against Sacramento. Those were two of his highest scoring totals since he's been in the league, really. And the 40-point game that he had against Sacramento a couple of years back, that's his absolute career high, but certainly not performing to that consistent level that he was at the beginning. Well, since then, it's kind of taken a dip. He was giving you a couple 10-pointers, I think single-digit outputs as well as I pull up his game log Mm -hmm. here recently. Yeah, he had 10 points, 9 points, 4 points against Portland and in the two games against Miami. Now, last night in this win against Orlando, He was 6 of 13, missed all of his three-point shots, did have five assists and six rebounds, 14 points for P.J. in this one. But the real news here is that Michael Scotto reported that the Hornets and P.J. were discussing a four-year extension at $12.5 million per year, but P.J. declined because he was seeking something closer to $20 million per year. So let's give a sneak peek of chance or not a chance. Nada, do you think that he does have a shot to get to $20 million per season? Zero chance. Brendan Clark basically screwed him up, taking that 13 for uh, four for 52 deal. There's not a chance, no chance whatsoever of him ever getting to 20 million. Is he going to get to 16, 18? Possibly. But at this point, the way the market's going to set out for him, he's going to be lucky to get that 16 to 18. And that's if he's more consistent on a game to game basis at this point. Doug, yeah, I know you're I, not really feeling it with the emoji that you have on the rundown today, the throw-up face for PJ twenty million. <laughs> oh no, that's oh, not the throw-up. That's not the throw-up face. That's the oh, what uh, is it? Money. Is that the stick it's, face? It's the money sign, the two dollar signs on the eyes, oh, and then the dollar okay. sign. Oh wow! Sticking out of I the... thought it was the throw-up face this whole time. Goodness gracious! I thought you had a very different <laughs> reaction to PJ asking for twenty. No, I know. Listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on anyone for asking for to, for betting on themselves for saying, "Hey, I I deserve this amount of money." I mean, props to PJ for saying mm-hmm. this is what I what sure. I deserve now. But you have to go out and show it, right? And right now, mm-hmm. you know, you look at his points per shot attempt for the season so far, early in the season, but it's near the bottom of the of the league in terms of his position. Uh, same with rebounding, steal percentage, and block percentages are both below average. Like he's just. He's not playing at a $20 million level. And if you go and look at the rookie scale extensions that were signed, uh, you mentioned Nada, the Brandon Clark extension, which we all thought, you know, when Brandon Clark signed that, it's like, yeah, that seems like a fair market value for uh, for P.J. Washington. The team obviously thought that as well. Uh, but Keldon Johnson got $74 million from the Spurs. DeAndre Hunter got $90 million. R.J. Barrett got $107 million. And and honestly, like I mean, you look at Kelton Johnson's numbers. Like PJ's not playing better than Kelton Johnson for the Spurs now. You know, exactly. different opportunity, but he's not playing as well as as Kelton Johnson. He's probably not playing at a twenty million dollar level. But what I think he's betting on is that some t- if he does improve his game, that some team in the offseason will look and say, well, okay, $20 million is not going to be all that much money. It's going to be like mid-level exception dollars or maybe a little bit above mid-level exception dollars once the new TV deal is signed. So yeah, I'll go ahead and roll the dice and take a chance and get P.J. Washington at you know, $18, $19, 20000000 million. That's, that's probably what he's betting on, but he's got to improve his play. Yeah, no, he does here lately. And the thing is, if you want to split this up into two halves of the season, just really for simplicity's sake, 
October and November. October, he was playing like that. I mean, his percentages, his efficiency, they were very good. We know about his defensive efforts. That was when he was able to put up the 31, 28-point performance. But in November, he, he's shooting 38% from the field. He's shooting um, 22, 23, really, percent from three. And that's the thing that's really hurting him here recently. For me, look, I think it comes down to P.J., being in an acceptable role for what we expect from him offensively because right now he's being asked to do a lot and if you look back at last year he had never had that few amount of shot attempts per game and his efficiency went way up like 60 percent in the two-point percentage which remember how much he struggled a sophomore year like that was the biggest complaint about him was that he couldn't finish he shot 48 and then it went all the way up to 60 and a shot and then his attempts went down so there has to be some kind of happy medium right he's taking 13 shot attempts per game that's three more than his career highs he had about 10 for a couple of the first seasons that he played so can we get to i don't know 11 Okay, maybe maybe even just go down a little bit with the better shots. But remember at the beginning of the season too, PJ gave you like some step back threes, some pull up threes. I mean, he was trying to add a lot more to his game. At first he was hitting and now it just hasn't necessarily come about that way. So for me, I think it's all about it's fun to experiment. You have to to figure out yes. what kind of player you can be. And, and that's something that PJ has been doing for quite some time. But in reality, you pay him based off of the player that you think he can be at an efficient level, which to me is, I mean, I think ceiling PJ is averaging 15 points on 40% shooting from three and like 55 to 60% from two, which which that's like ceiling for me for PJ ceiling, on yeah. a consistent basis, right? And to me, especially as everybody brings up the salary rising for the NBA, you know, may, 20, 20 is probably a little too high right now, but I mean, I could see him getting 20 and, and and you say be lucky to get to 16 or 18. Not at the end of the day. I do think he reaches 16, to 18 mil a year. I see. The only reason I don't think he reaches 16, to 18 is who's who's paying him next year. Like the free agent crop isn't that great to where doesn't, doesn't that help PJ, though? Yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, I'm not sure there's going to be that many teams with money. Like this may end up being one of those situations where he might have to take less. And even then, I would throw this at you. Would you rather s- stick with PJ or are you keeping Jalen McDaniels, who's also a free agent at, at the end of the year? Because at this point, the way they're playing, it may be Jalen McDaniels over PJ for me right now. Well, the final thing I want to say is I'm just glad that the organization stuck to their st- stuck to their yeah. you know situation here and said, all right, this is what we were going to offer you. We think we think it's fair. It's Brandon Clark level value. We, we feel like that's a good deal, and they stuck to it and didn't hamstring their future uh, cap sheet with a twenty million dollar albatross because you didn't you just didn't know which way PJ was going to go. I don't think there was any indication that PJ was due for a leap. Uh, and 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 so far has not leapt. He leapt a little bit, a little mini leap. There's still a lot of season to play. Maybe he turns it all around. Um, but so far, uh, they're looking really smart for not taking that deal. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, twelve and a half million. There's just no way PJ was going to agree to that. Like I, I know about the Brandon Clark thing. What was Brandon Clark thirteen a year? You know, yep. I, yeah, I mean, four, yeah, like, four years, 50, it would have been the same. They were offering PJ, according to this report, four years, 50 or four years, 52 Brandon's four years, 50. 
Yeah. So I, I just don't think there was any way PJ was going to agree to that, which is fine. So maybe, yeah, this is, that happens all the time in the NBA. You're just not going to agree to an extension before somebody hits free agency or restricted free agency. So yeah, I mean, PJ, it'll be an interesting year, but there's a lot of basketball to be played. And at the beginning, like I, I thought it was a little bit more than a mini leap, you know, with the, I mean, you know, 28, 30, you know, now even a 25 yeah. in the month of October, you know, that's like, that's rare for PJ last year. I mean, he scored like 22 at his highest. So like, I, it's fine for the Hornets to do that um, preseason. But man, it'll be, it'll be fascinating, to be honest with you, to watch the rest of the way for one PJ Washington. Okay, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Now, I promise you, we will play chance or not a chance a little bit more extensively, maybe make it a little more rapid fire. But this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks allows you to pick up to two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times on your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, PGA, college football. Men's and women's college basketball, the WNBA, esports, NASCAR, disc golf, Euro basketball. There's so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and they are currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. You can download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 prize picks gives you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks gives you 50 you know the idea by now you don't have to forget or excuse me don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit matchup to a hundred dollars chance or not a chance coming up next is locked on hornets all right so so we've got al or we've got the question how like how did miles do that can you help us end this debate with so much an unbelievable amount on the line uh doug i respected in the nth degree um but walker i'm telling you it was just it came every single person who saw that reacted that way some of us just were tight that's right tighter than others and i just had to release this from my body it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Our buddy Eric Collins. Eric, you were great on the call last night, just like always. I, I love listening yeah, to you. Here, um, no, 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 it was great. I, I heard some highlights, like maybe two or three on Twitter. All right, let's go to Nada. Let's play this game. <laughs> Something that Doug came up with. Uh, Doug, is it pretty self-explanatory? We just throw it to Nada, some of these situations, and see if it actually has a shot of, of happening or not? That's oh, right. Boy. Chance or not a chance. It's the game that is sweeping Charlotte Hornets Nation. We ask Nada what the if if something will happen or not happen. Pretty simple. Is there a chance of it happening? 1%. Is there 1% chance that this okay. thing happens or is there not a chance it happens? This is going to blow up my mentions in a spectacularly <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what you're Anything saying. you do, that's what you do. That is your existence, not Edwards. Very okay, much. Doug, why don't you throw the first one at him? Let's start with the person that we always have to start with. Lead with LaMelo. LaMelo Ball. Okay, we already talked about it. He was on the bench. The camera caught him. Uh, messing with that ankle in a very similar way that he still to this day messes with his wrist uh, that he injured. 
Uh, so my first question is, LaMelo Ball misses more time due to his ankle injury. Chance or not a chance? In the interest of my mentions, I'm going to say not a chance. Oh, uh, no, well, protecting your menchies. So that really yes. means you think there's a chance. You really, in your heart of hearts, think there's a I chance. I can neither You're confirm nor deny. Well, okay. the thing I is, I, but I, I think that's fair, though, right? Like, I don't know. I, I hope your mentions aren't going to be destroyed. You know, I mean, if it's bothering him and he might need a couple more games just to sit out on it, if it's starting to flare up, goodness gracious. Like, I, do, I don't want the Hornets to do that, to, or to, to keep throwing them out there if there really is a problem with his ankle that might even get worse. But, Doug, you don't see it that way? You think there's not a chance? You know, honestly, I mean, I, I think it, it's – it's all part of this process. I mean, I, th- I think it is stiffening up on him a little bit, but I think I think they're going to work it out. I think they're going to manage it. I don't think that they would have risked a re-injury. I mean, I think that's why he spent a yeah. little bit more time out than we thought he was going to because they were really waiting until he was game ready. And I think he's game ready. Like when he's out on the floor, I don't see it really affecting his game all that much. I think the shot is just rust. I don't. I. I. I you know, Walker. You. You and I are not like. You know, we don't have medical degrees. We don't know exactly how that ankle is like affecting his shot. I, you say it is. I say it isn't. You know, it's it's going to oh, be no. tough to say. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's no, my no, fault. No, no you I clearly just... have something to say. You clearly have something to say. Go ahead. Not <laughs> forbid someone interrupts somebody on this podcast. I would hate for that to happen. But what I would say is, yeah, I. I not or Lamelo not a, is a an, uh, a benefit for our team. But I was going to say that Lamelo is clearly a benefit when out there on the floor. I mean, that's. I don't want to get it twisted. Like Lamelo is helping the Hornets. That that's the thing. It's man, or I, I just hope that they're not rushing him. But I think you're well, right. You know, like, hey, here's the good news. Here's the good news. Uh, Teo Maladon is out there throwing no look passes uh, to Mason Plumley. Yeah, so you, he, know, he well. I mean, a little no looky cookie for uh, Mason Plumley. Didn't know that that was. Didn't Malad know that was in his bag? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, wow. <laughs> All wow. right, go ahead, Walker. Next one. Um, okay, the next one that we have, do you want to go LaMelo again? Sure, we'll go LaMelo again. Because of some of the time that he's missed, do you think that LaMelo makes the all-star team? When it comes to that, is there a chance or not a chance? There's a chance. It's a very slim chance. It's skinnier than you, Walker, but there is a chance. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm skinny by. fat, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it can be a little bit slimmer than me. Although, I don't know if it can be skinnier than my arms, my noodle arms that are the chicken wings that we've talked about. Um, yeah, I I think there's a chance, too. LaMelo can explode, and that, that would be the shot here, right? But still, lots of talent came over to the Eastern Conference. Lots of talent is developing in the Eastern Conference. There are teams that are playing better than expected in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, it's going to be really tough. But the chance is that LaMelo figures it out very quickly and just goes nuclear and maybe even helps the Hornets on this winning streak that gets some national attention. I think that's the way that he makes it. Yeah, I mean, a nice performance against Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers at home, I think, would be a good first step in that direction. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. All right, Doug, you feed him the next one. Oh, well, here's something interesting from the box score uh, in terms of minutes played, and that's James Booknight only getting three minutes, 44 seconds. He was 0 for 1, uh, and that was really the only thing in the stat line for James Booknight. So my question to you, Nada, is James Booknight becomes a 10-plus minute part of the rotation 
once Gordon Hayward and Martin return, one or both, once they return, does he become a 10-minute-plus part of the rotation? Chance or not a chance? Oh, not a chance. No, like, like I think he's done for. I don't have quite any imaging. I don't have any imaging for this, but I will someday. So I'm just gonna go. Boom! It's not like an imaging like, answer like right that there. Chance, like that chance is gone. <laughs> that that chance is. He's gotten enough time to where you kind of figure he needs a lot of seasoning, and he just needs to be out of Charlotte for quite a while. Put him in Greensboro. Let him stay there. Let him come back and practice with the team. But for right now, he can't be there. Maladone's passed him. This man got three minutes of three minutes and forty-four seconds of time with DSJ hurt. What happens when DSJ comes back? There's no chance of him. Like, no, we're done. Like the book night thing is done until New Year's at least. Man, you know, speaking of chances, like James Booknight got a lot of them. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. When they drafted him, no, he was not my highest prospect. But I mean, I there was stuff to like getting to the rim. I mean, we we know the pre-draft process for Book Night. Man, you know, <laughs> he played 17 minutes per game in November. He's played 19, and that's even including the four-minute performance that he had against Orlando. He's played 19 minutes per game in the month of November. Um, you know, October 17, November 18, and. It just hasn't worked out for him. Uh, you know, I, I hate it, you know, but but James Booknight is not playing very well. And yeah, among, I mean, when you have among wings, among wings in the NBA, okay, we he go. is dead last in points per shot attempt. And yeah, if man. you thought last Gone season the problem for Booknight was that Borrego was not given that didn't believe in him, didn't give him the opportunity. Even before this season started, Clifford was was hyping James Booknight, was giving him that belief, giving him that promise. And um, and and even you know and even playing him through all of the off court uh, issues, and it, you know just simply uh, did not take advantage of this opportunity. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Yeah, I mean, 15 games, and this is what we've gotten from uh, from James Book. I was all the right. guy that believed in him, and yeah, that's the thing. No. That's what hurts. Like yeah. I was the one guy that was championing James Book Night here, and Book Night is making me look bad. Dude, shout out the shout out the other guy from that draft though, Kai Jones, who did get a few minutes in this game. <laughs> yeah, because right. he got a Steve Clifford shout out too, by the way. He got did. a Steve Clifford shout out, classic Steve Clifford shout out in the in the post game, and he got it because Mason had three fouls, because Nick had three fouls, and Orlando uh, can play like three seven footers at the same time and not be hurt somehow. I don't. know. They got some wizard. Well, I, it's not wizardry. It's Bull Bull. It's the guy that I believed in yeah. since draft day. Bull Bull. I am finally vindicated. See, I'm always vindicated. I'm just not immediately vindicated, but I'm always vindicated. So uh, that's nice. Anyway, okay, but this is not on. about the me. Next. This is not about me. This is about Kai Jones. He was he was great at the rim. I uh, got a block shot immediately, just immediate impact, and he's playing Clifford style ball. And I think, look, all I'm gonna say, Nick Richards, better stay healthy. Mason Plumley, better stay healthy. Because Kai Jones, he's sitting right there and he's hungry. <laughs> That's uh yeah. Also, I mean he played two minutes, but yes, you're right. I mean, Kai Jones did get the shout out and Kai he's Jones hungry. did have a plot. Yes, but he is he's starving, man. He's he's absolutely he is a hundred percent hungry. Let's go two rapid fire ones because I did want to ask you these before we got you out of here, Nada. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward plays in fifty games for the Hornets, chance or not a chance. Wow. Wow, that's a good over under. Oh, that's a tough over on. He hasn't played over 47 for the Hornets yet, so I'm going to say not a chance. Ooh, like, boom, 
not a chance. <laughs> but, like, I feel like <laughs> the math just works out for this. Like, the law of averages. He played 47. Um, I think he played 47 in the first season here. He played 44 last year. If we're expecting him to play 50, I think that's a pipe dream, quite honestly. No, it's a good point. The fact that it's never happened before, no, that's a pretty good piece of evidence in your opinion by saying not a chance. Last one, I would say you're probably going to go not a chance here given the conversation we had about Kai Jones' hunger, but Mark Williams at some point this year becomes a part of the rotation. Chance or not before, Yeah, before you answer that, we should say I put put this in the rundown because – Mark Williams is is doing some stunning stuff in Greensboro. I mean, he's hitting, <laughs> you know, he's hitting like well, game tying three point shots. He's he's no, putting up huge beautiful. numbers. Sir, what we've, the game we've seen this before. We we we've seen we've seen like people do stunning stuff. We've seen Dwayne Bacon score. Yeah, 50 I thought points. about. <laughs> you know, what's, you know, what's before again I, before you answer because it's going to take us out of the show, and I want to make sure that I get this in. Is, is it weird? That every time Steve Clifford is asked about Mark Williams, he mentions three point shooting. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah. every yeah. single, it's like he's sending some kind of message out into the world with this that he mentions it every single time. And I think that message is he better learn how to three point shoot because otherwise I don't know how I'm going to play him. There's that. And then there's also that the fact that we all know Steve Clifford's got a boss. And the boss might want to be like, yo, this is something we want him to do. This is something we want him to emphasize. This is something we know we want Nick Friedman and Bruce to work with him on. So, yeah, they're probably going to highlight that por- portion. Of well, it. and so, it, it's, indica- yeah, it's indicating that Nick Richards is probably never going to be able to shoot threes. And obviously, no. Mason Plumley won't, uh, left-handed or right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got to have at least one big uh, that can do what Mark Williams can do and shoot. Because Kai Jones, you know... Can can block shots. Maybe he's good on the boards. We don't know if he can shoot. They got to get one of these bigs who can shoot. Anyway, yeah, chance no, no, no. chance. Is he part of the rotation? He, there's a chance only because of injuries, and that that's the only way I w- I'd see it. Because if Mason Plumley goes down for a little bit, or Nick Richards goes down for a little bit, or maybe even a trade, who knows? Like there's a chance this year. I would just consider it one of those really skinny. Emily Ratatowski, like again, though that's one of those chances. Like, noodle arm, little Brazilian, noodle arm chance, little noodle arm Walker, chance. Walker right. exactly. noodle arm chance. Exactly, um, noodle arm chance. It's it almost feels like it's a race between Kai Jones figuring it out on defense and Mark Williams figuring it out from the three point line. Who whoever figures their thing out first will be the next big guy to enter the rotation for one Steve Clifford. All right, that's not Edwards. Find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe, Ion College Basketball Podcast, the man that runs everything over there. Nada, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. As always, man, see y'all in two weeks. Appreciate you guys for making us your first listen today. Again, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your pods. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.